We're going to have good opinions, fast opinions. <laughs> we don't need to hard write opinions. We, sh- we shouldn't rush it. No, but we Let's can go. be fast and hard in our opinions. That's how our opinions like it. Fast and hard. Still the rhythm while you can. We are hosts, one hundreds and thousands, and we have taken control of your radio station. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young, and I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour or so. Joining me once again, Mr. Nathan Harrison, hello, hello. Mr. Andrew McDonald, Good and Mr. Adam Buncher. Soundgarden. <laughs> oh, they like it their fucking Soundgarden, don't they? Oh, well, well, do they? We'll find out. <laughs> we will indeed. Here yeah, they aren't. At, <laughs> <laughs> at number 55, it's the return of Ed Cooper. This is La Dido. is full of nice things and the riches that that brings I have no voice to speak with because every line I sing I sing Ed Cooper there at number 50 in the 1994 Hottest 100 with La Di Do. Now, just as we did for when we talked about Sleepyhead around this time last year, we are going to be throwing it to our resident Saints fan. Our resident Saint. <laughs> our resident Saint. Saint, Saint Mac. Andrew, Saint Mac. Uh, there is a Saint so, um, Andrew, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Not um, a Saint Mac. There was now a gen- <laughs> what, are you the, what are you the Saint of? Hair. Noise. No, he's the patron Robert saint Smith of lies and fake fishermen or some garbage. <laughs> <laughs> what you personally, Saint Andrew? Oh right, yeah. but yeah. Saint Mac, but Saint Saint, Mac. saint Mac, patron uh, saint of like the cure. I know, <laughs> impenetrable noise. Chris Cross. Yeah, impenetrable noise. <laughs> Stayed up and drinking too late <laughs> on a school night. It's a good saint. <laughs> I'll drink to that. <laughs> Here's to me. Here's I'll to play me. three hours of distortion to that. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Uh, there was a pretty positive vibe about uh, Sleepyhead when we talked about it. Like it was a generally agreeable song. People seem to dig it. Yeah, I'm I'm anticipating a similar thing for this. What do you think? This I think more so than Sleepyhead even exemplifies why Ed left the Saints and why he formed Laughing Clowns. Because sure, how many songs include, let alone start with a didgeridoo and a jaw harp? Yeah, right. Like- That's bizarre. It's it's terrific, but it is bizarre. Like it's a terrific blend of different cultural sounds and it works because they do have very similar sonic qualities I think that you do in the jaw harp it's exactly why I love it being kind of experimental in the realms of pop rock music even like the didgeridoo it keeps the rhythm here the drums take a side note to mm. the rhythm of the didge which is just fantastic but I do think this is this is not one of Ed's better songs the chorus shoots for 
sing-along awesomeness, but it's not really there. The verses are kind of a bit too quiet. The best thing about it is the digital and the jaw harp combination. Yeah. The song sounds like a swamp. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, so it's thick. Thick, yeah. and yeah. you just have to like wade through it. I think I like it a bit more than you. Yeah, but, right. But I mm. appreciate that. Yeah, I think like... It's not It's phenomenal. not. Yeah. Like, I'm a huge fan of Ed, but this isn't why. Yeah. But I do have time for this song. Yeah, yeah. I am kind of surprised that it made it in here because it doesn't sound like it's a kind of song that I, w- that I would crank. I wouldn't be like, yeah, man, put on la-di-do. But maybe the chorus does what you think it doesn't do. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe, maybe for me... To I'm get just, into yeah. that really easily. Yeah, I was maybe. totally singing along to this before the yeah. end of the first right, song. Right, okay. So it's just yeah. like, yeah. I think even if you're not singing along, you're singing along. To me, right. I think it's got that level of hook right, and, okay. that, and that level of sing-alongness. I'm, not, I'm happy to, to be the wild card here. Well, I mean, you don't, you don't see it. Are there people out there who, who do? Yeah, I, I'd say so. I yeah. represent those people. I'll mm. be the voice of those people right now. <laughs> do you pay um, the song? I pay the song. What I like about it is there's a kind of like traditional folk thing that's going on to some extent. Even some of the words that he's using in the verses or whatever is like balladeers and good sir and stuff like that. So it's hearkening back to that kind of traditional folk standard, but it's done with a really strong Australiana influence Mm -hmm. and Australiana aesthetic. And I kind of pay that. I kind of get a good Australiana sense from that. Even if it is done rather simply because it just has a didgeridoo in it, but it works. Yeah. And you know, that chorus. I kind of wanted it to get bigger. Yeah. I will say that. Or be smaller in the first place. It sits between big and small a that's, bit too much. That's for a good me. call. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'd either need to get a bit more Hey Jude or <laughs> far, far less Hey Jude. Yeah. <laughs> a bit more Hey Jude or a bit more Get Back. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it. That is it. Beatles. Fucking amazing Beatles analogy, man. <laughs> yeah, man. From the resident non-Beatles analogy. <laughs> <laughs> you are the dark horse, man. You are George Harrison. <laughs> I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nathan. That's right. Do you enjoy this song, David? Yeah, I thought it was cool. Like, I wasn't expecting it to turn up again. I'm kind of glad that he did. Like, yeah. it was a kind of an anomaly when he turned up last time with that very fun, like, very straightforward folk rock tune, which I thought was cool. Uh, this one was fun. It got a bit of a Russell Morris of vibe from it which i enjoyed a bit more 70s in its approach i thought the hook was good like i said i was singing along to it the instrumentation like the jaw harp was kind of cool like you don't tend to hear this in the hottest 100 i guess just like last year he ends up just appearing out of nowhere i couldn't pick why it was this popular but uh i thought it was cool like yeah i respect ed cooper a lot i actually got to interview him uh at the end of last year for sydney festival and yeah he's a very interesting guy and has like very blunted straightforward approach to to writing and performing yeah so. he's a guy uh, i've seen him live a couple of times he's a great performer yeah. yeah i will say that he has a very very lovely fan run fan website it's huh. just wonderfully set out, like really nicely coded, like Great. looks huh. beautiful, huh. full of like good stuff on on it or whatever. I stumbled upon it when I was looking for research to the song. It's like, yeah, props to you guys. Like, that's a nice fan base you got. Yeah, yeah. That's a good his fan fans base. Are, his fans are killer. Nothing but love. Alrighty. <laughs> Woo! At number 54, it's Stone Temple Pilots. Ah, uh, they're back. Uh, this song's called Vaseline. Dave, it's such a mystery what you think about songs. <laughs> I never can tell when you like a song or not. <laughs>
That was Stone Temple Pilots and the 54, the song was called Vaseline, and fucking hell, we've got the Stone Temple Pilots again. Of all the it makes gin it seem like you just caught a cold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of all the second dose of Stone Temple Pilots this year, I need more oh. vitamin C. Yeah, of all the of, of all the hottest 100 countdowns in the world, they had, to, had to walk, walk into, into mine. <laughs> uh, Nathan, what do you got? Yeah. Okay. So we talked about them last season. Plush yeah, came plush. in at number twelve. I found that song horribly derivative and yeah. I don't think any of us are really a fan yeah it's so loved people like understand. worship at that song I don't this know this song it's not great just get that out there yeah but I think <laughs> yeah. it's got more going on than Plush then, did I agree with that it does yeah. have more going on I think it almost feels like a bit pop punky in the chorus with that guitar and the, the way harmonies it goes down yeah and... it's like that's weird and, I, and it doesn't yeah, quite fit yeah and then there's just that two note riff that kind of cycles around the drums and like that's kind of cool I guess but that's like 80% of the song. Yeah. I have a better um, idea. At least it's a surprisingly and thankfully short song. Like, yeah. Goes for like Let's have those two notes. Let's keep playing them. Let's make that a lot louder and more punishing. Let's make it a swan song. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good... That it would be yeah. great. That it's like, that's yeah. not happening. It's like five steps away from being a swan Scott song. Scott Whelan is there. no Michael Gear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think this feels like a very cohesive song. There are different elements, and I think there's a bit more merit to them than in Plush, but whereas Plush was very derivative, it at least felt like a song yeah. that was very cohesive because it was kind of all the one thing. This feels a little bit disparate and just not anything. Mm. But I'm it's not still sure better than Plush, song... weirdly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I, I don't it know is, what this song shorter. is trying to do, other yeah. than thankfully yeah. be quite short. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm all for that. Every time I hear that songs like this, particularly by the Stone Temple Pilots, but songs that are ridiculously acclaimed by bands that are ridiculously acclaimed, that are just boring and not even like negative, just boring, nothing. Because there's nothing to this besides a meandering riff and some like year nine poetry lyrics. Every time I hear something like that, and it's exclusively in the realm of white man guitar rock, I'm always like, I don't like listening to them, but it strokes the ego to know that I have a negative view of guitar rock and rockists and bands like Sonable Pilots. It makes me feel a bit better. I'm like, yeah, that's why I don't listen to fucking guitar music anymore. That's good. Fuck that. That's the best thing I can say about this song is that it makes me feel better in my intellectual arrogance. <laughs> you go, man. <laughs> Every grunge band had their selling points, you know. We've talked about this, mm, how, yeah. you, you know... the harmonies and Yeah, the harmonies for Alice and Chains, the, the, the torture genius of Kurt Cobain, <laughs> and just the outward extrovertedness of Eddie Vedder. Do you think people were drawn to Scott Whelan as a figure? Like, there's just not much about him. Like, if someone asked me to describe Scott Whelan, it was just like, well, he was in Stone Temple Pilots, then he did drugs, then he wasn't in Stone Temple Pilots, then he was in Velvet Revolver. Velvet Revolver. Hell yeah, that's, hey. a, that's a mid two thousands deep that, cut for yeah. the kids. That should be um an age gate on like yeah. porn websites. <laughs> yeah. But when you see these three words, do you know what they mean? Yeah, you're Velvet like, Revolver Slither. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're under eighteen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you responded, hey, then come on <laughs> <That's>, in. <yeah. laughs> so yeah, was in Velvet Revolver, did some more drugs. Wasn't in Velvet Revolver. Came back to Stone Temple Pilots, did some more drugs. Wasn't in Stone Temple Pilots. Hangs out. He's it's done it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what? He, I would he's done guess. heroin. He's done meth. Hey. He's done cocaine. Not many people can say they have been and have not been in Stone Temple Pilot. Most people are Thrice. one or the other. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, the only other person that can say that is your friend and mine, Lincoln Park's Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington. Ooh. Ooh. 
Stone Temple Pilots with Bennington. Yeah, uh, recent development, actually. Uh, since we last talked about Stone Temple Pilots, the court settlement has now officially allowed the remaining members of Stone Temple Pilots to perform as Stone Temple Pilots without having to add with Chester Bennington. So now they're legally allowed to perform as Stone Temple Pilots, which is not the ideal outcome. I would much rather have. I would, I would much rather have people say, "I'm going to see Stone Temple Pilots with Chester Bennington for legal purposes." Yeah. <laughs> the full title with yeah. legal purposes. I think it speaks volumes that the more engaging part of what we've just been going on about has not been about the song. Yeah, yeah. I've either hazard a guess, David, what you were talking about before about what the appeal of Stone Temple Pilots was. Mm. I would say maybe and continues to be. And well, yeah, continues to be nostalgia goggles. I ah, true, yeah. I reckon what it was in the first place is that they never really, from what I understand, were commercially as big or culturally as big as Pearl Jam, Nirvana, and no, they're later as well. Yeah, like, so I think yeah, slightly later because they were the less discovered choice. That has a pull. You know what I mean? Yeah. If they're yeah, doing, if okay. they're doing, if it's like, man, I really like Nirvana, but now Nirvana are like they're too popular. Too many people are into them, or whatever. But hey, there's the Stone Temple Pilots. And if they're later as well, it's like you know, oh, my older brother likes Nirvana, but I like this slightly yeah. newer band that's way better on the riffs or whatever. And you're yeah. like, all right, mate, get your hands yeah. off it. But <laughs> I can sort of see that there has to be some reason some people like them, right? <laughs> Maybe there are people at universities who are furiously researching this right now, yeah. just trying to crack it. Yeah, well, CERN is starting up again, so... That's, that's they're what they're trying to do. Another particle researcher could be well, about maybe, that. Maybe, maybe two by doing... Stone Temple Pilots albums at either end of the, of the Hadron Collider, <laughs> Spin them around. smash them yeah. into each other. Yeah. That's yeah. hugely productive, so yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. Well, maybe, Can maybe my tax someone money out there, go to that, please? Maybe someone out there is listening and is a big Stone Temple Pilots fan and just like, oh, I can't believe it, this is all just a web of misinformation. I think that would be the if case. If you do, please it, let us know. Yeah, I genuinely want to know what the fuck makes a Stone Temple Pilots fan tick. Well, soon there'll be the Stone Temple boson and we have to be curious about it anymore. <laughs> we'll find it. <laughs> Stone Temple boson. <laughs> At number 53, this is Soundgarden with Fell on Black Days. Okay, that was number 53 in the 1994 Hottest 100. It's the first time of a few times that we're going to be talking about the band Soundgarden. Get settled in. (laughs) (laughs) A little while ago, we talked about No Excuses by Alice in Chains, and we were talking Mm. about how this shows what happens when a loud, aggressive grunge band takes it down a notch and sees what happens when they experiment with quieter dynamics and that's what Fell on Black Days is for me it's when Cornell isn't always fucking screaming for the fences he does have that imposing and overwhelming at times voice that can just go Rah! 
ah, you know, I've seen Soundgarden twice and both times, you know, even if you're like halfway to the other stage, you know, you can still hear Chris Cornell, he just belts it out. But um, yeah, seeing him kind of bring it down in this respect, I always like the tenderness and the darkness that came with this song. I'm going to assume that I'm going to be a little bit more forgiving of not only Soundgarden, but the grunge movement as a whole. Then I'm going to say pretty much everyone. Uh, <laughs> At least me. <laughs> <laughs> I am particularly drawn to Super Unknown. I think that's a really, really great record. And I have always liked this song the most. But uh, I'll throw it out to you guys. Adam, Yeah. anything? When I'm not listening to Soundgarden, I'm saying to myself, no, it's cool. I don't like Chris Cornell that much. I don't think Chris Cornell's an amazing vocalist or whatever. And then I listen to Soundgarden, it's like, oh, God damn it, Chris Cornell, you're so freaking good. Yeah, That's right? exactly what it is. I, it's totally uh, that. Oh, I buy into it so hard. He's just like, he's just Dio enough. Yeah, you, you <laughs> buy what he's selling. No, he's not full Dio. But he's just Dio enough. And I, I get into it. I don't know whether it's bad or not. But I, I can't apologize. Chris Cornell is a friggin' man. He's got the blues and the soul and he belts. And he's just like... You know, we're talking about the uh, the Black Crows last episode. Mm. And how like the ornamentation and going for it too much didn't work there. I think Chris Cornell it shows how you can be ornamental. And take things a little bit rocky and a little bit far. But also be earnest and handle it with integrity. And commit to it and make it work at least for me how would I know when he, when he screams that in this song it's just like yeah or should that mind have changed like when he punches in like to me this song it, it just it sets the vibe with a repetitive riff and it's a head nodder and you're nodding your head and then every now and again you're just like mm, like you thrust out because he, <laughs> he, you just you just punched it it's the head nodding until you punch <laughs> oh Kim Thao's great for that as a guitarist and these are all really rocky reactions to have to a song but it's a rocky song and so I guess it gets me because I have these reactions Nathan is looking at me. <laughs> You're looking at me, man. Of course man. he is. He, 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 What's he's going on, He's just going to come in and be like, You're oh, that whole time. this is terrible. Fuck I've said my piece. Like, I, I, I can get on board with this being your favourite Soundgarden song. Okay. That's okay. But I think, Adam, the reason I think this works is because of the lack of ornamentation. This stripped back Quiet Dynamics, as you said, song works for that. It's fine. I don't love it. I'm never going to love it. So don't hold out for that. But do you hate it? No, I don't hate it. I think this is fine. Do you nothing it? I think I probably even tolerate it more than nothing. I don't like the guitar solo halfway through. I think it really interrupts the mood for me. But that's just because I don't care about guitar solos. It was at a time when you needed to have them. Yeah, Yeah. I know, but... There was the law. Why not be an innovator and not... Not have one? Yeah, I just don't think it fits this song. All right. But no, I think this song, for what it is, is pretty fine and it, it mostly works. As soon as it started, though, I felt like I was in like a 90s sort of kind of dark pseudo-alternative TV drama. That's <laughs> cool, though. And then I checked and it's been an episode of Vampire Diaries and, and it has <laughs> been <laughs> no in shit. Supernatural twice. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that, twice. And I was like, yeah, okay, that that's is, it. That's this that song. Is the song. That's, yeah. that's the song. <laughs> that's isn't the it? song. Supernatural's gone on for way too long yeah. if you've used the same song twice. Oh, not yeah. this song, though. Like, that's just what this song is. Like, yeah. it's, it's fine it does what it does pretty well yeah if you feel like it, you can just copy the audio from my rant from the previous song <laughs> and paste it here but up like a semi octave because i'm a little bit more positive about this that's why i don't listen to fucking guitar music anymore that's good fuck that this is a fine song yeah. i guess but like it's still do nothing masculinist garbage like that i'm sure ruckus will say is too real for me <laughs> <laughs> wait andrew 
Chris Cornell does nothing for you. <laughs> no, I don't get it, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make sense really? to you? Really? Of course no, it That Chris Cornell does nothing for me. Well, really? I mean, actually, considering who I'm talking to now, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> but, like, nothing at all? He's a fine vocalist. That's like, all you need to say, I, man. I, I, of course he's not a bad singer. Like, he's a better singer than I am, but, like, <laughs> it's not my job. <laughs> No, I just I love him. Do you I, know his name? Uh, that's do, oh, you, do, you know my name. The Chris Cornell Bond theme, best Bond theme. Don't care. Wrong. Don't care. Wrong. No. no. I will un, un, unless Chris Cornell just you, magically transmogrified into Shirley Bassey. That's not a fucking but, uh, thing. Have you heard any of the other Bond themes? Like, yep. Goldfinger. I've or like, heard them all. Or kids. Any of them? Well, I have heard them all. You know what? Underrated Bond theme. I think Tina Turner's Goldeneye. Great. Hell one. yeah. Bang. What a tune. Fucking hell yeah. yeah. Skyfall was better. Skyfall was fantastic. Mm, Skyfall's, Skyfall's really good. good. Skyfall's good, and the one that the Cardigans did was pretty good. Oh, shit, yeah. Which one yep. was that? Most garbage one. Donna of the Day, of course. <laughs> by Madonna. I, I, I thought you were going to say the most garbage one was garbage. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. You know my name. Most favorite. It's my favorite. Fuck that. Uh, it's so good. It's so Bond. Gold the Goldfinger. Yeah. Goldfinger. It's too much. Goldfinger's too much. He's the man. Minus touch. Oh, I boy. watched Nightcrawler last week and sang Nightcrawler. <laughs> All the time. It's great. Anytime he did something, he'll like cross the line and say Nightcrawler. Uh, you'll be happy here. This is not being edited out, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so sadly, sadly, this is the last time we get to talk about Soundgarden. Nah, oh wait, my I mistake. Wish. Just kidding. Uh, keep we'll, listening. See we'll you in five minutes, Soundgarden. Yeah, we'll see you then, mate. And number fifty-two. This is Penny Flanagan with "Lap It Up." He's the man. The crawling touch. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Scars on my heart you open up Cause I asked you running blindly through the dark And I should have run right past you You were waiting for me You were waiting for me Tiny thorns in my soul You point them out Scold me lightly when I fell into this hole You were there Again at number 52 with Lap It Up. Mac, what you got? This is perfectly fine, I guess. Isn't this... that the ultimate reaction? Just fine, I this guess. Is, I bet I bet mums were okay with this being on the radio. <laughs> like, they don't, they don't mind their kids listening to that Triple J. If oh, This song's fine. Ah. Oh. I'm not making fun of all mums, just mums like my mum, who <laughs> would probably say this mums is Mums like all fine. of our mums. Yeah, this is, who, who would probably say this is perfectly fine. Sister of Kitty Flanagan. That was the most interesting thing I learned about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, like a, we've got a Danny tour. Minogue situation yeah, on our hands. This is the most interesting thing about the song, I think. Is that she's they also have a brother who isn't really in the entertainment industry. So, <laughs> like, yeah, no, very Minogue. He's like a banker. He, <laughs> no, has, he, um, he runs a coffee shop in Japanese snowfields. He has the I best life. Yeah, he has the best better than the two of them. That's an, I'm so jealous of that life. That's yeah, awesome. I, I, I looked at that and was just like, huh. Yeah. I would definitely fucking live that life. Yeah. Definitely better than like, the crappy life I currently have. I'd way rather live in Japanese snowfields making coffee. Yeah. And okay. that's what I think about this song. <laughs> <laughs> the keyboards are a nice addition. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the keys are really lovely. Yeah. Like, every yeah. time they come into the song, I'm like, oh, I like that. I got a similar vibe from uh, a previous entry, uh, Deb Conway. 
uh, from ah. last year. When yeah. we were talking about uh, Alive and Brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's got that kind of vaguely Triple J, vaguely Radio National. Like, this is yeah. definitely... Du- this is Double J, bait. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> ABC crossover. Yeah, this is... But I think ultimately this song is as forgettable as you would assume it is when yeah. you looked at it on the list and thought, what's that song? Yeah. Also, mm. how the fuck did this beat, like, Park Life and yeah, Sonic Youth and R.E.M. and all these, like, massive songs? I can see it being pretty popular at the time. Really? I think it's a pretty decent really? pop song. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the production choices, like the layered whispered vocals... Oh, not okay. Like, that was the time. Right. It was the yeah, time, but and yeah. that has not aged particularly no, well. Not. But I think underneath all that, particularly right. with the keys, like... I think it's yeah. a perfectly good pop song. The chorus is big and fun, and I could totally enjoy this on the radio in 1994. I think that's mm. fine. Also, Paul Hester from Crowded House is playing the drums, so oh. but also that means I can't be purely objective about this song. So, no, yeah. One of the greatest drums <laughs> Once you learnt that, you were yeah, like, yeah, I was like, oh, oh I love this okay. song too much now. <laughs> I'm not okay with you guys being more critical of Soundgarden than you are of this song. I don't know about Because that. nobody ever bigs up Penny Flanagan and tells me that, like, they're a really important artist. Yeah, neither that, should like, they, because it's boring. But we should call it out on being boring. Don't give it a pass. Don't let it slide under the radar. This is boring. This goes on the generic pile of adult contemporary. That's a bad pile. This is a bad song. I, I think Soundgarden song. is on Soundgarden, the worst pile. Soundgarden's way more generic no. than this. Yeah. No! Yeah. No! No! Yeah. Yeah. Cornell! <laughs> <laughs> there are bits of this song that I think... Uh, uh, redeeming for it being just like a fun pop song. It's boring and the whispers are creepy. <laughs> the whispers aren't great. Like they no. should they should not be there. Yeah. She's about as good as a songwriter as Kitty Flanagan is as a comedian. She is so, better yeah. a songwriter yeah. than Kitty Flanagan is a comedian. Well oh. Kitty used to be good. Oh it's alright. We don't need to talk about Yeah, the sketch show man. She was great in the sketch show, but yeah it all just went downhill from there. Ugh. Fuck you, Kitty Flanagan. Whoa. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You know what? Fuck both the Flanagans. Fuck Whoa. Me. Don't fuck the brother in the snowfields of Japan. He's all right. Oh, I'm coming for him. Oh, Believe me. to have a nice coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, I will call. <laughs> At number 51, it's Soundgarden again. Yep, this is Spoonman. <laughs> Spoonman. <laughs> Doesn't sound like that. Spoonman. <laughs> It, it That's better. It doesn't sound like a lot of things. in the 1994 Hottest 100 with Spoonman. Alrighty, Adam. So, uh... Yeah, of course you're going to give it to me. You're not going to give it to anyone else. <laughs> they don't deserve it. If you don't yeah. want it. No, I'm tired. <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> I have some things to say. <laughs> I listen to Audio Slave a lot in high school, guys. Alright. So, uh, you know. 
It's it's coming from somewhere. But that doesn't mean that Cornell doesn't rock, because he totally does. And this song is an awesome example of that. It's just like, it's the same as like Fell on Black Days, except this time we've just turned it up a gear. We're in fifth now, and we're cruising down the highway to... Planet Rock. I'm not really doing this any favors by this description, right? Yeah, you, this, sound, actually, you, sound, you actually sound okay. like Triple M Spoon Man. I, I actually think that this is a better song. It is a better. It's, than it's, Fell on Black Days. It's just rocking. Really? Like, yeah. If only like if only for the inclusion of the spoon solo, which I think the spoons is a bit of a charming instrument that is not utilized in rock for obvious reasons because <laughs> it's cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't utilize the guitar at dinner. I think notably, <laughs> anyway, uh, here's Wonderwall. Oh, notably, I do. <laughs> Split Ends had a spoons player. Oh, nice! Uh, a um, a set designer and spoons player. Oh, great! Yeah, I can't remember his name. That's yeah. good. Double duty. Split End. Yeah, yeah. yeah, one of the split ends. Yeah. I think this song, like, it's a bit better. Like the groovy, like the intro of the spoons is good. The actual spoon solo is good. I think it's a better composed song in general. It's Chris singing Spoon Man is obviously heaps silly. I know they are so singing. Silly. I know that they are singing about a specific dude who goes by the the spoon man. mononym of Spoon Man. Yeah, they're singing of, about the spoon man. of Spoonman. Um, and like the dynamic shift in the middle makes the song feel a little better throughout. It makes the previous half a bit better. And the playfulness with the guitar that follows that going into the solo and then the drum break into the spoon solo. There's a lot I like about this song far more than I have other Soundgarden songs that I've heard. I haven't heard this song before. Maybe that's my own prejudice against spoon men <laughs> and noisy gardens. Um, yeah, this song I think is better than the previous Soundgarden song, but it's still a Soundgarden song. So... Take from that what you will. <laughs> I say the same thing as you. This song is better than the previous Soundgarden song. And oh, it's still on. a Soundgarden song. Come on. <laughs> Although it's, I don't think it's better by much. It's just like doing something a little bit differently, but they've still got that repeat. something a lot different. Like, yeah. This is a very different song. Did you like, enjoy it? Um, it, it? Enough. It's yeah. fun. I just like, I just don't care about riff-based heavy rock. Mm. Like, I just don't. I'm sorry. Sorry, Adam. And his singing. Sorry. I don't just normally like, either, but Chris Cornell. The singing doesn't do anything for me either. It's just big, grungy singing. So, like. What about the lyric, All My Friends Are Skeletons? <laughs> what, about, what about the lyric? Yes, you're right. Thank you for that point against the song. Spoonman. <laughs> no, no, no. Spoons. All My Friends Are Skeletons is like my favorite lyric that we've encountered in the entire countdown so far. Whoa! All My Friends Are Skeletons. Have you listened to any of the other songs? Spooky Scary Skeletons. I don't skeletons. think he has. Spooky Did Scary Skeletons. Did you listen three. to Lap It it's Up? It's silly. Because okay, it had I'm better being, lyrics than this I'm song. I'm not being serious. Uh, I think it's a ridiculous okay, line. That's why it's great. You scare me. Just because your love for Chris is just like... And, and How could All My Friends Are Skeletons be a serious... It's great. It's just yeah. stupid. And Spooky and plus two me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Two Spooky, five me. Three Spooky, five me. Way too spooky. Okay. Jesus Christ. I just needed to mention it because I love it. That's all. <laughs> I just, I mean, it's out of the way now. <laughs> Good. Dave, what do you think of this song? You seem like a bit of a Soundgarden fan. Yeah, like I like them quite a bit and this works in its own way, but uh, I read recently there is no angry way to say the word bubbles. And I, I think that that's a good reflection on this. There is no serious, brooding, intimidating way to say Spoon Man. <laughs> but I think that works to this song's credit. Yeah. You think? Like, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I don't need another brooding, riff, grungy song. But this is kind of fun. And when the spoons come in, like, it, it feels a bit different. And I think that's, for as much as it works, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. It's, play- uh, it's playful. I, don't you think they wanted to, to be taken seriously? Though? No, I think they wanted to be playful. 
Because, I, I mean, if you, even if you look at the whole way it was composed as well, this was composed for a movie soundtrack where they had Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. The movie was called Singles, and there was a, oh, fictional, yeah. there was a fictional band in there, and for some reason they let the bassist from Pearl Jam name the band. For some reason the writer didn't do that. It was just like, let's let Pearl Jam do that. <laughs> and so they came up with a bunch, of, uh, a bunch of possible names. They eventually decided on Citizen Dick, Clearly yep. taking this job very seriously. And also, one of the names that they were going to call it was Spoonman, named after Aris the Spoonman, who was the spoon performer in Seattle, who they uh, got the inspiration from. And who featured in the song and the video. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Chris Cornell basically used the rejected band names as names for songs to compose for the what soundtrack. What artist. Doesn't have to be anything more than that, mate. Yeah. Doesn't have to be. Nah. Nah. It's fine. I don't think it has to be either. It's yeah, just, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fun to knock. Yeah, it is. he wrote songs based off a list of dejected names for a fictional band in a movie about grunge. How much more black can it be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The answer is none. <laughs> the answer is definitely none. <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you, dear listener, for getting involved. And thank you, FBI Radio, for having us for the last 10 episodes. We are halfway, bitches! Oh, yeah! That's cool. Fuck yeah! We're going to watch the halftime show. Katy Perry and Left Shark are here, so uh, that's going to be fun. It's going to be really exciting. <laughs> In 1994. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, Missy Elliott will run schools around everybody. Yeah, <laughs> just doing what she does best. So before we go and have our halftime oranges and uh, we get uh, a nice uh, pep talk from the coach. And our parents who are telling us we're not playing hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want it bad enough, son! <laughs> Before we do that, we are going to uh, talk about our favourites and our least favourite songs, and we're going to start with Andrew. This is a tricky one for that. Um, Isn't it? This is a, perhaps the trickiest no, of all, not. because they're all, none of these five songs are a song that I would think to myself, I want to put that on again. Like, there's not one of those. But yeah, I guess sure. the song that I I will give it to Ed Cooper for my favourite, for okay. La Dido, cool. and my least favourite, I'm going to have to give it to Vaseline by STP. I am going to give it to Spoonman for my favourite because yeah. all my friends are skeletons. That's true. Um, and Penny for because it's just too boring. It's just too. I mean, like even Vaseline is only five steps away from swans. So. <laughs> <laughs> very generous. Five very very long, very drawn out yeah. John Cleese esque steps. Yeah. Very silly steps. The, very the, silly the steps. The steps are as long as the sea. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Soundgarden fell on black days for favourites. Uh, Penny Flanagan lap it up for least favourite. Oh God, you're hating on Penny so bad. Yeah, she's boring, man. Ed for favourite and uh, Stone Temple Pilots for least favourite. Great. Sweet deal. Weird episode. I don't know. Bit of a weird one. But, but uh, if, if you don't love Soundgarden, I guess if you love Soundgarden, <laughs> this is an amazing yeah, this episode. Yeah, this is the best episode we've ever done. I've had a good uh, episode. Yeah. Chris Cornell is pretty great, guys. 50 songs down, 50 to go. We will see you on the other side. On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. It's been a pleasure. On behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good night. On behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher. Spoonman. My name is David James Young. Keep music Spoonman.
let's make it a swan song. 